Welcome, True Believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, Hey, Winghead, how come we tippy-toed in here and no gross little mousies have scampered out to greet us and eat us? Here to provide analysis of that line and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm I'm a little sore from moving around a whole bunch over the weekend, but very happy to be busy uh, and also happy to be back with you, James B., podcasting. You've chosen one of the more hilarious lines that we could have talked about out of a wide variety of hilarious lines. It's a good line. I like that he calls them little mouses. <laughs> it's very good, James B. Yeah. Do you know who Winghead is, by the way? Is this Captain America? Yes. Do you know why? He's got things on his head, right? Little, whatever they are. Why does he have wings on his head? I... No, I, I just would just want to know if you knew who he was talking about. That's oh, all. Captain America. Like Shellhead is Iron Man and Winghead is, yes. you know. And what, what would Hulk call Spider-Man, you recall? Bugman. I Bug love Man. how he calls it Bugman. <laughs> well, Eddie, we have seven Marvel team-ups from 1982 and 1983 to get through. All right. We will see... J. Jonah Jameson happy with photos and Roger Hotchberg dating. We will see two mobs pleading for their sons' lives and superhero men rejecting women. High drama, James B. Let's get right into it. From October of 1982, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 122 featuring Spider-Man and Man-Thing in a simple twist of dot, dot, dot. Fate by J.M. DiMatteis, Kerry Gamble, and Mike Esposito. A one-panel recap reminds us that Man-Thing was created by a botched super soldier serum. The Man-Thing comes across a regular-looking person who is now a villain named Fate. Fate claims his family was killed by Devil Slayer and seeks revenge. He coerces Man-Thing to the Daily Bugle, asking Jonah to print in his newspaper a request for everyone to be nice to each other. J. Jonah says... He wishes he could help, but newspapers only print the news, not what could be. Jonah shows Fate some meaningful pictures that Peter took of old people while Man-Thing runs wild in the streets, giving Spider-Man a reason to be in this issue. Fate learns some sort of lesson, has a change of heart, and magically takes an injured Man-Thing back to the swamp. Notable moment, Peter expects the worst when Jonah looks at his pics of old people, but Jonah loves them and pays Peter handsomely. Nice disguise man thing. Did you catch that, James B., at all? He's got the Ben Grimm big coat on and stuff. He's got a big coat on. He's got a scarf around his face, some goggles, and like a tattered red hat. And uh, what really gives away is this guy's he leaves like a goopy goop after <laughs> him when he <laughs> walks past Peter. <laughs> Let me tell you about what happened in November of 1982. Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 123 featuring Spider Man and Daredevil in. Rivers of Gold, once again by Mateus, Gamel, and Esposito. Spider-Man is in the hospital, recovering from his injuries from Man-Thing. There you go, some kind of continuity. When he overhears a conversation that a 13-year-old boy stabbed a 9-year-old boy to steal his pennies. (laughs) Matt Murdock visits bedridden Spider-Man, offhandedly mentions to him that a hitman named Peepers Scanlon is in the building turning state's evidence. When five men come to kill Peepers, a cops versus thugs gunfight breaks out in the hospital. And Spider-Man defeats the five bad guys. This draws nine-year-old Mickey out of bed to see what's going on. When a second attempt on Peepers' life comes in, this time it's an attack by a yellow-suited 
fire-wielding villain named Solar. Uh, this keeps Spider-Man occupied the rest of the issue. Daredevil briefly suits up when a frightened Peepers uses Mickey as a shield or a hostage of some sort. And Daredevil talks down Peepers, who releases Mickey as Spider-Man defeats Solar. Notable moments, Spider-Man visits nine-year-old Mickey Behan, who tells Spider-Man that Captain America is his favorite hero. The nurse in the room tells Spider-Man, go away and get back in your own bed. Uh, James B., I got to give um, Mr. Gamlin and Esposito some credit here. On page 19, Peepers is looking down at his hands and there's blood on his hands. And they give this like four panel of his eyes just going into blood. And it shocks him back into reality so that he will turn state evidence. Good illustrations. Yeah, this was actually almost a good story. They introduce, unfortunately, this Peepers character and the Solar villain both in the same book when Daredevil shows up and they got this little kid in it that has yeah. his own little backstory. So Too busy as usual. Yeah, one bridge too far there somewhere. But other than that, this was this was almost an okay book. I It's better than the Man-Thing book, right? <laughs> that is for sure, but that is mostly because Man-Thing just confuses me all the time. Like, Eddie, you know what's great about uh, Mickey getting away from Peeper Scanlon? Uh, what is it, James B.? It's a great Mother's Day gift for... Mickey's mom. Happy Mother's Day, Eddie. Thank you, James B. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Did you ever um, escape from a knife-wielding guy and make your mom proud? I, I hope just the latter. I haven't had anyone chasing me with a knife. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, I don't think. Why don't you do the intro of the next book? We'll see if it's better than the other two. From December of 1982, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team-Up 124, featuring Spider-Man and the Beast in Ties That Bind. Once again, by Dimatteis, Gamel, and Esposito. Six issues ago, Anthony Powers tried to use Mentallo against Professor X, and Anthony Powers' son paid the price. Anthony Powers transfers his mind into his brain-dead son's body and becomes the villain, Professor Powers. The Beast is introducing his girlfriend, Vera, to his parents, but the Beast's mom can't handle her son being a blue, furry mutant, and she flees. Meanwhile, Peter's ESU friends are helping to move Aunt May and her old folks into a house. While all parties decide to have Indian food, Anthony Powers arrives near the Indian restaurant where all the characters are converging. After many pages of battle, Beast's mom has a change of heart and returns to plead for her son's life. Powers, who just you know lost his own son in a way, agrees and tells Spider-Man he'll be back for him and Professor X in the future, and he flies away. Notable moment, Mia Carrera, Roger's girlfriend, says, Peter is not only brainy, but also a man of action. I like that. In a panel implying she is thirsty for Peter. Hey, James B., did your dad ever tell you, like, hey, I could do that better, give me that, or something like that? When does that happen in this book? <laughs> I, I, You know, I just got to think, Anthony Powers, this, like, stupid boy stuck in that coma, let me just get into your body and do <laughs> everything so much better than you ever did it. What? That's his solution? He's like, well, you know, son's brain dead anyways. I'll just get in there and 
relive yeah, I, my life and do a better job than he did, I guess. I mean, Talk about I suppo- projecting, right? <laughs> he's a he's a mutant, his son. Yes. And Anthony Powers isn't. You even said he's just a guy because he was one of our uh, action figures in one of the yes, recent sets. And you're like, this guy's just a guy. Well, he's not just a guy. He put his, you know, the son's got a superpowered body. He's just brain dead. But yeah, I don't understand how he can be in there if his son's already in there. Like, that's the part that bothers me, too. Nothing could be worse than having, like, your parent get inside your mind. Eddie, you know, do you know the real reason I think that Anthony Powers let Beast go? What do you, What is it, James B.? It was a Mother's Day present, Eddie. He, <laughs> he wanted to help Beast's mom. By the way, happy Mother's Day, Eddie. Happy Mother's Day, James B. Do you so think uh, Do you think anybody's ever let you go as a Mother's Day gift when you were being held hostage and almost being killed? I I don't think so. Not that I was aware of. But didn't you like the fact that the oh. Beast's mom comes running back and she's like, wait, that's my son. Like she starts realizing like when the Beast is going to get killed that like that's her son and she doesn't care anymore because she was really upset that he was blue and furry she was really having a rough time with it yes she comes she does a 180 there's a it's a big subplot in this book she's very like off-putting all throughout and quite rude to beast and then when she sees him you know nearly die here she saves him by telling powers to not not kill him and he has that touching moment there so more touching moment ready okay beast's mom has change of heart uh-huh. i don't want any more blood on my hands uh peepers decides to like release mickey or fate gets to look at some pictures that Peter took of old people and realizes there's like more to life and decides to take the man thing uh, back to the swamp. That last one is so hilarious to me. It's got to be uh, Edna realizing that Beast is her son and accepting him for who he is. It's great. It's good. It's good writing there. All right. Well, I'm going to take over the duty of the intro for this other one because it's kind of short. And that would be a book from January of 1983. Woohoo! We, we're in 1983! <laughs> Stan Lee presents Marvel Team Up 125 featuring Spider Man and Tigra in Yesterday and Today. Once again by J.M. DiMatteis, Gamble, and Mike Esposito. Quick note I actually bought this issue off the rack when I was a kid. So we are now in James B. like purchasing time. So, hey, Spider Man and Tigra meet to shoot a commercial for Quickie Burger before Spider Man bails. <laughs> Later, while on a date with Officer Carl Kronsky, Tiger is attacked by an old nemesis, the big, bald, strongman Zabo. Spider-Man arrives and Zabo throws an entire restaurant bar at him. Tiger realizes Zabo is not an enemy, I guess, and Spider-Man webs the cops so a confused Zabo can flee. In a second story, a real demon is loose while shooting a movie, Wanda and Doctor Strange deal with it and realize a summon demon isn't evil. He just wants to go home and Doctor Strange obliges. <laughs> yes, folks, I did two complete summaries in there. Notable moment, Doctor Strange tells Wanda, everyone will feel better with a cup of tea. Uh, Tiger's picking up a policeman in this book and it's not just like a, a few panel situation 
she picks him up and says like when you get off you can take me out to dinner and then that's when zabo finds them inside the restaurant and she's with the policeman she gives him a big old smooch too yeah, it does seem at the end though like doesn't it feel like it's over yeah she's like yeah i well yeah i can't remember what she says about him she says something that's like sorry sorry it's a marvel team up but we don't have any continuity so you can't <laughs> you can't appear in my book anymore so Oh, no, she says it. She says, not tonight, Carl. Maybe not ever. Today I've had enough yesterday to last me well past tomorrow. Which, I don't, what? I don't even understand that. But it seems to imply, sorry, cop, you're like, off. you know, you're not, not going on a date again with... The, dating the cop is the best part of this book. There's no question, right? <laughs> or, is it the, or, is it, or is it that they're filming a commercial with Quickie Burgers where Tiger is like the Quickie Burger sponsor? Well, she is temporarily, and then she loses her sponsorship because they destroy like a quick, they have a big fight in a quickie burger. Yes. And like, she's like in the rubble and they're like, now our, our sponsors ruined it. But, uh, this book, was this book better or worse than the man thing book? Oh, James B. These are such difficult choices to make. It's better because man thing doesn't even talk. <laughs> he can't even say something funny. I don't know. I, I think the, I think the whole plot line with fate was, was more slightly more interesting than the villain of Zabo who shows up in this realizes he's confused and then bails. At least it was a bad guy, sort of, in the first book. True. I, I guess it's, it's what you're looking for when you read a Marvel team-up. And I, I am always interested in laughing at several times. So Man-Thing is he's just too boring for me. He doesn't do anything funny. All right. Well, this next book isn't going to be funny either. <laughs> and I'm going to slow it down and try to make people understand this book because it's not that easy. Eddie, why don't you tell us when this book takes place? From February of 1983, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 126, featuring Spider-Man and the Hulk in The Obligation. Once again, by Shooter and Tanaka. All right, so the first story in this Marvel Team-Up actually has Luke Cage and the son of Satan who meet over the body of Luke Cage's deceased friend. But he's not really dead. He's joined the son of Satanish, no relation, and they want a superhuman body. Luke Cage punches his way through the bad guys, and his dying friend apologizes at the end. The second story has Hulk and Spider-Man. Hulk is causing trouble, so Spider-Man battles him. Hulk eventually turns into Bruce Banner. Peter gives him five bucks and helps him escape. Later, Hulk saves a poor old man from some thugs and gives the man the same five bucks. Notable moment. Yeah, that was it. Notable moment. Luke's angry friend Tyrone mentions that he occasionally got a few dollars from Power Man, keeping with the theme that everyone in these stories is getting this handed out of a few dollars from a superhero in this book. James B., imagine writing an entire comic book and getting a three-sentence summary <laughs> and emphasizing the same thing I thought of. Hulk gives the old man five dollars. <laughs> So dumb. That's all I could remember. The only thing I could think was, well, it's kind of funny to look at Hulk's face. His eyes are kind of like wider and then wider. And he's like, oh. And I'm like, well, there is a moment here where like Bruce Banner shines through Hulk's, you know, body. So I guess, I guess that's, we learned something about Hulk. Bruce Banner's or Hulk is thinking at a higher level. Great job. Also, Bruce Banner apparently his identity is known to like everyone constantly. <laughs> <laughs> no one, 
Again, no one seems to care. They're like, hey, Mr. Banner, sorry you're wearing Hulk clothes. Here's some money. Get get going. So, yikes. Eddie, real quick question for you. Have you ever uh, received $5? Uh, yes, I have. Have you ever got it? Uh, did you ever give $5 to anybody? I think I have. Well, don't forget, you want, you want to give your, give your mom $5 because it's Mother's Day, Eddie, so... <laughs> Opportunity right there to give your mother something special, like $5, just like uh, the Hulk did for this bum. Happy Mother's Day, Eddie. My budget is going to be far higher for all the mothers I know. All right, the next book is from March of 1983. Stanley presents Marvel TF 127 featuring Spider-Man and the Watcher in Christmas Eve. Once again by J.M.D. Mateus, Gamble, and Mike Esposito. Peter goes to see Aunt May and her housemates, which includes reoccurring old people, the Palermos, Anthony Chekhov, and Sophie and Martha. The Watcher arrives and transforms Peter into Spider-Man and sends him after Anthony Chekhov's adult-age granddaughter. The Watcher guides Peter to this imperfect character who's mixed up in drugs and the mob. Spider-Man helps get her to a hospital where eventually Anthony Chekhov arrives, glad to see his long-lost granddaughter. Notable moment, old ladies Sophie and Martha catch Peter under the mistletoe with big smooches. More worried about why is Captain America on a the top of a building uh, on Christmas Eve? It's funny because he says the same thing to Spider Man. He's like, I looked up there and I thought, is that Spider Man? Why is he on top of a building on Christmas Eve? There's no purpose to any of this other than maybe it's because they want Captain America to say Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Watcher Uatu is his name. He's why is he worried about Anthony Chekhov seeing his adult age granddaughter? Like, this is what the watch is. This is what he's got going on the side here. He's like, oh. I, I was, I was making, yeah, I was waiting for some, like, strange kind of twist or change of time or whatever. And it just never happens. Uh, yeah, they, they found some old people. and they What do old people miss? Their grandchildren. So let's, by the way, these old people aren't going anywhere. They're. Really? They're they're I mean they're for I mean they're in a couple issues, right? They keep they keep showing up. It's true. So wow. all right, why don't you do the intro for the last book? From March of nineteen eighty three, Stan Lee presents Marvel Team Up one twenty eight, featuring Spider Man and Captain America in Sweet Temptation. Once again by DiMatteis, Gamil, and Esposito. Vermin, a rat based villain, attacks a carnival forcing visitors Steve Rogers and Peter Parker to send their respective friends and dates home so they can change into their superhero costumes in battle against Vermin. After Vermin flees, Captain America is propositioned by Gale, a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, but he turns her down partly because of his feelings for current gal Bernie and partly from long-last love Sharon Carter. Peter returns home where Mia, Rogers' girlfriend, makes her moves on him until Peter is distracted by a news report of another attack by Vermin. After the heroes defeat the villain, they comment on seeing the women they love, and Peter thinks of Felicia Hardy. Notable moment, 
Gail pleads that no one has to know about this one night of pleasure, but Steve tells her he can't do it because he would know. Yes, the hardest thing Captain America ever has to do is not be Captain America enough ish <laughs> at all times. <laughs> uh, Spider Man and Captain America both change at the fair. Did you see that they change in the bathroom stalls? <laughs> yeah, and Captain America, his identity is, I guess, a secret right now. I guess. Maybe? Seems to be the way. They don't. Spider Man and Captain America don't know each other yeah i guess not captain america is not a secret in the mcu we like we know that like everyone knows he's steve rogers he's like, yes just he doesn't he doesn't even wear the the mask often he doesn't really need it because yeah whatever. but in the book it's secret identity i did not recall that so well and, he, and he's going to be on the side of um you know, captain america and iron man oh that's right iron man's gonna be on this on the side one of them's gonna be on the side of civil war of like you should reveal your identities uh it must be Iron Man, who says, like, yes, everyone should know who everyone else is, because Captain America's like, no, it's the right you have to keep your identity secret. So eventually, I mean, Iron Man must be known to be Tony Stark by the time that thing rolls around, because right now, nobody knows that either, right? Yeah, nobody knows Iron Man is Tony Stark. They go to, like, a Tony Stark thing, and Iron Man magically shows up immediately. That was the last time we saw him <laughs> in a Marvel team-up, but it's not unclear. At least they're not changing in a bathroom. That was the, grossed me out. Made me think of uh, Hydro Man. <laughs> what? Just, 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 whatever. That's the last time I was grossed out that much. All right. Speaking of Hydro Man, one of the villains, let's talk about, <laughs> I mean, let's talk about some people who make toys. Eddie, do you love toys? Well, the Tinkerers gathered three Marvel team villains or experts, I mean, to help design the newest line of Marvel team action figures. Monster creator Baron Ludwig Schrupp, the Mad Thinker, and Puppet Master have lent their expertise to create the toys kids want to play with and collectors want to collect. The 17th set has three figures from this classic run of books, all by that same trio of J.M.D. Mateus, Kerry Gamble, and Mike Esposito. The set includes, from Marvel Team-Up 123, knife-wielding Peeper Scanlon, Mickey not included. I'm so glad Peeper's made the cut. We, we wouldn't want to not have him there. Big character in that book. From Marvel Team-Up 125, it's the villain, Big Bald Zabo. Is he really a villain? I thought we said he was confused. I don't know if this counts. From Marvel TF 128, Mia Carrera with first age kit. Of course, Roger not included. He was in our 15th set of Marvel TF action figures. But you got Mia Carrera, so she can put the moves on your Spider-Man figure there. My Spider-Man figure? Remind me what my Spider-Man figure? <laughs> you got a Spider-Man. You got a, a, a specially created one for you, they said. And premium figure for Marvel Tamp 127. You want to guess for 127? Uh, with the wa- it's got to be the Watcher. It is. It's a Watcher. The Watcher, Eddie. All there right. That's great. It's a premium figure. Yeah. Wow. That could be actually exciting. Except that I don't know what he's doing at all in that book. So. Yeah, but you can play with him. You can have him like watching everybody else and be like, hmm, I'm watching you. On the other side of the moon, meddling so, in the earth matters. Uh. Eddie, we're uh, we're sailing along on these Marvel team ups. We're, you know, we're pretty far along. I mean, there's some annuals we have to clean up still too. But we are, based on my math here, we are like what five six through with this. We're like eighty six percent done. Are you gonna? 
Gonna miss these when they end? Honestly, you know, I I guess it's kind of funny that I would say I'm kind of getting into them a little more. Uh, 128 issues in, but I can always count on Marvel team-ups to do like the craziest thing, almost always, I guess. So if ever it gets a little dry and amazing or spectacular, which it does get a little dry, I can count on Marvel team-up to give me like a whole other complete twist. So I'm going to be sad to a certain extent when we're done with these James B. I'm glad you're going to miss them. Uh, We'll do something special about the Marvel team-ups when we wrap them up, okay? Hey, James B., I'd love to do something special for the end of Marvel team-ups. Next podcast, we're back to The Amazing Spider-Man. Actually, we're going to do something special. It's uh, it's episode 175. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that, James B. Uh, I... We're going to do... We'll cover one Amazing Spider-Man. We're going to do something different because every every uh, quartile, you know, for the quarter quell, we do something different. And next podcast, we're going to cover one Amazing Spider-Man book, but we're also going to cover some... Some other books from another character that I know you really enjoy, and uh, let's just get figure out what special character we're going to bring back and do some special books with that superhero. Intrigue and mystery. I like it, James B. Eddie, if people want to reach us to request something special from us or to talk to us about how they feel about Marvel team-ups, how could they reach us? You could email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com, or you could find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey. Yeah, and if you get your... Uh, Letters in soon. We can always squeeze these into these Marvel teams because these Marvel teams not that long. Plenty of extra room. Look, we're doing like eight books at a pop, right? So, <laughs> and now it's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you're reading a book that has to take time to introduce a villain who isn't completely a villain, and who decides at the end to maybe do good because of someone's mom, or because it's Christmas, or because of some old people. <laughs> And Spider-Man does nothing at all. It might not even be in the A story. You must be reading a Marvel team-up. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, these were all put together in one podcast because there's nothing here parts of each book are almost okay i agree with that statement it's true but it's oh these are so weak how you know james b i did not do enough research but i was like how could man thing have his own book series because he does right he does he does yes he doesn't even talk james b (laughs) well other people have to talk around him all the time. Like, I mean, Hulk doesn't talk that much, right? Hulk talks. No, he talks a ton. He's okay. always talking. He's very chatty. It's just very simple talk. That's all. Yeah. So, Man Thing, you know, he he's he's a knockoff of Swamp Thing, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Um. He he's I don't know. He has. He came out of another book. Oh my gosh! Um, blah 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 blah. blah. Strange, yeah. Savage, Savage Tales. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, he's. Yeah, I don't know. He's just a. He, he didn't have very many books. I don't think. He, I should hope not. I can't believe they ever fathomed him to do that. I, I guess he he has like some emotional control, or something. I don't know. I just, I can't believe that he's so prominent in 
lots of things. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm, I'm cheating with a little Wikipedia here. It looks like he had a two-year run, then he has a one-year run, and then he kind of pops up again here Crazy. and there. Two years of Man-Thing? What did he do? I almost would read it just to know how they made Man-Thing like have that many books. How could it be? What did they do? He's, every time I've ever seen him, he's always hanging around the background and somebody pulls him into the fight. Yeah. You know. <laughs> he's the main character in his book, I assume. Yeah, famously, the the best thing about Man-Thing is that when they have the giant size, everybody can walk around saying that they have a giant-sized Man-Thing. <laughs> the only purpose of having this character exist in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> 